This is episode 41 with Tina Bangle. She's a professional singer from Australia who's been singing for nearly 18 years. Tina is living proof that it is possible to have a long career in the singing industry. It wasn't an easy road, but through sheer perseverance, the universe put people and mentors in her path, and she developed an entrepreneurial mindset early on, which helped her to make a living singing. She's the founder of One Voice Singing School, and many of her students were featured on the Huffington Post, Inspired Coach, SBS Radio, Daily Telegraph, and The Voice Australia. They're able to work for Disneyland and Universal Studios. That's amazing. In this episode, we talk about building confidence through consciously choosing to make small progress in uncomfortable situations, developing an entrepreneurial mindset in the music industry, and being patient in order to reach milestones. Let's get started. Welcome to the Dusk to Dawn podcast. My name is Lucas. I'm a maker and entrepreneur fascinated by creativity and design. And I'll be sharing these stories of people just like you and me who have a dream and are making it happen. Thank you for tuning in today. Now let's dive in. Welcome back to the podcast. And today we have another international guest straight from Australia. We have Tina Bangle in the house. How are you doing? Hi, Lucas. I'm great. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That's true. Happy New Year to you, too. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad we're finally making this happen. It's been a while in the making. Your schedule, my schedule, the time difference. So thank you so much for being here and taking time to do this. So, so it's such a pleasure. Thank you for asking me to be on the show. So, um, yeah, we're, we're on school holidays now, so it's, uh, it's really uh, time to focus on, um, you know, creating these podcasts because I've had a few other podcasts, um, podcasters um, ask me to be on their show. So I'm excited to have this time for you all. Awesome. Thank you. Now, some people listening to this may know you, some people may not. So let's start with a little bit of your background. How did you get started in the singing industry and music career? Okay. Uh, well, singing is always part of the Filipino culture anyway. So my background is of Filipino and uh, we migrated to Australia when I was three. Um, and we're always singing. There's always a karaoke machine somewhere in every Filipino household. And um, always there's always events as well where we're encouraged to sing. So there's, um, you know, every party that we have on the weekends um, we normally, it's always surrounded with friends and family and food and then music and karaoke. So I guess it's always been there, but, um, as, a as, a uh, somebody with, um, parents who are very, uh, educated in terms of like, um, their focus was on wanting a child to be, um, university educated 
it wasn't quite encouraged to be part of like a, a career. It wasn't really encouraged. It was mostly um, encouraged to be in ho- a hobby or something for fun. So um, all my years through um, through growing up, I was encouraged to go to uni and I studied u- nutrition. And, um, and then from there I thought, oh, you know, a lot of the, there was just a lot of opportunities coming to me um, for uh, singing opportunities and singing engagements. And I thought, let's try this while I'm young to do it as a full-time gig. So that's pretty much what happened. Um, I entered a lot of talent quests. Uh, there was a lot of events in the Filipino community here in Sydney where I would be invited to do singing engagements. So every time there was like uh, um, festivals, they would invite me to sing. And so that's pretty much what I did. A lot of the times I would do it um, without any pay uh, and just for the, the fun of it all and also just to get the experience. And then by doing that, I eventually got paid um, and made it a business and then um, eventually as well I, I got into, like, my name was known within the community and then I got better gigs out of it. So, yeah, that's pretty much what's ha- what happened. Interesting. And you said eventually and eventually, but the eventually is a lot of years. <laughs> we, were, yeah. we were talking before the, the interview started and you've been a professional singer for 18 years now. Yes. You definitely yeah. proved to a lot of people that that's a sustainable career, even though it's a hard one to pursue. It's a sustainable career over the years that you can grow and participate in all these different projects. That's right. Yeah. And um, I think it's all about the mindset as well. When I was first starting out, I wanted the experience and I you know, I was um, thinking of it as, you know, I just kind of want to challenge myself. And I remember my very first talent quest um, where I sung in front of probably a crowd of about 100 people. Wow. And, um, yeah, it was it was a bit daunting. And I remember working with my singing teacher and she had worked on some moves with me. And um, when I got on stage, I just stood there and I sang like I, I couldn't move my arms. I was just I was just so um, I had performance anxiety. I was sweating. And I, although my voice was coming out fairly well, um, I just couldn't move. So what I did was I decided to just keep doing the talent quest to get the experience and then just to. Um, be able to push myself a little bit further every time I did a different talent quest. So one talent quest, I thought, okay, I I will try to um, go up to the audience member and shake an audience member's hand. And then I challenge myself in that way every time. Um, or I'd watch the people who are winning and I'd think, okay, what are they doing differently? And some of the people were, um, you know, they were very vocal. They, they, they introduced their songs very confidently. And that's something that I 
had to work on because I was a very shy person growing up. So the talent quests and those experiences and just by watching and learning and then just applying it um, really helped build up my confidence. So eventually I thought, okay, I'll, I was winning. I eventually started winning the talent quest. Um, and that, and then people at the, in the audience would, um, there was a few agents sitting in the audience and there was, they offered me a few gigs. And from there I started doing cabaret shows around Sydney and, um, meeting new people. I think that was the main, one of the great things, um, about being in the industry, uh, is just building up your confidence to meet new people and having the confidence to chat to them. Uh, I think that's something that I really needed to work on and just building the relationships and networks. And without that, I don't think I would be where I am today. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Just not expecting things from people, Mm -hmm. but just giving of yourself. So I would do a lot of, uh, charity events and, um, eventually, um, people would know me and invite me to, you know, sing at weddings and that. And then one day I joined, um, a band called Midnight Sun and the guy that owned the band was Sade's guitarist in London. So he moved here from London, started his own band with his wife and he was um, he was the one that really taught me how to think a different mindset about having um, not thinking about singing as just a hobby, but as a business. And uh, that's when everything kind of changed for me. Uh, I learnt about you know promoting yourself. I learnt about um, work ethics and rehearsing and being of a, of a certain caliber. So we would do a lot of high profile weddings around Sydney and, um, yeah, it was, it was very, very, very interesting the way that he not only used, um, singing as his income, like for his income, but he also had other ventures and that's where I think the entrepreneurial, um, mindset came in just by, by watching him. It was like, okay, you can't really live on singing because there is an expiry date eventually. Yeah. So you got to think forward. You got to think, okay, what's going to happen in 10 years time or 20 years time. So at the time when I got the gig with him, we were, um, him and his wife, uh, we were in a band, in that band together for about seven years and we were thinking about how to leverage it, how to, because we were doing gigs um, at least four times a week, and it was full on. It, it was rehearsals Tuesday and Thursday, and then gigs, you know, four times or three times a week, and um, and it can take a lot out of you, like just singing the same songs all the time and then traveling to different parts of Sydney or even interstate. And, um, sometimes it can feel like very tiring on the body because we would have to lug the equipment in and set up the equipment. And, um, so 
what when what, it, what was the self talk when you didn't want to do a rehearsal? What did you have to tell yourself in order for you uh, to just go and do it? Yeah, you know what? Um, honestly, I re I enjoyed going to the rehearsals. I it wasn't it wasn't something that I was like, oh, I I don't feel like doing it. Um, and if it did happen, it would be either I wasn't well, but at the same time, um, yeah, it's, it's more of like people relied on you, you know, it's some, we were a band, we were friends and we were band members. And if one person is sick, then, you know, it's, it's hard on the others. So we're always, um, banding together, uh, accountability. Yeah. Accountability. Um, and it was also the, the, yeah, if, if, if there was a time where you didn't want to do a gig, like that wouldn't cross your mind because it would be like, you need it for, to, for the accountability of the others and everybody needs to. And also, yeah, just the, the money side of things. Um, if you don't work, you don't get the money. So mm -hmm. you don't get the income. So that's a lot of the mindset as well. And plus he had a very high standard. Um, so, uh, his name is Gordon Hunt, Gordon Hunt. Um, he did, he was a guitarist for, uh, Billy Joel, uh, not Billy Joel, Billy Ocean. Mm -hmm. Do you know Billy Ocean? No, I don't. Um, okay. Uh, in the eighties, all these, all these stars from the eighties, he was, oh, you, you'd know Bob Marley. Oh yes. Yeah. So he was Bob Marley's guitarist as well. Wow. And, um, yeah, so you can imagine like he had high standards cause he was always working with that caliber of people. Wow. So it's, I didn't want to let him down either. And so, yeah, it was just, um, a great learning experience for me as a child, as a young, young lady. And then eventually, um, I thought, okay, I don't think I'll be able to do this for a long time. So I decided to open up my school and, um, yeah. And, and then that way I can have other income coming in as well. So yeah, singing is always like, there's some ups and downs. There's some days where you get wedding gigs and you get quite a good amount of money, but then other times it's like, there's no gigs coming in. Um, so you have to supplement it with something else. So my teaching supplements it. Um, and it's been really great um, having the school because if there's uh, certain things that I would like to create for the school, um, the relationships that I built with other businesses uh, has helped me to get sponsorship. And that is something that I learned ag again from um, watching my parents because my parents were both accountants, but they also had businesses as well um, in terms of uh, um, uh, Asian grocery store. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was really important for my parents to have uh, Filipino networks and the community behind them. So a lot of 
people who were singers who would like to um who would who were working for who wanted to create um a concept for themselves would approach my parents and the people who um co-owned the the business and they would say do you mind sponsoring my concept and in turn we will promote your your shop and and yeah there's always like that amazing help you know or there's always somebody to willing to help um it's, and so anyway, so it's amazing yeah. how when when you start a business like that, all the partnerships that you can have for a lifetime. Exactly. Yes. And I've had people who have supported me ever since like childhood friends as well who will support my school. And they'd you know, there's um, one particular friend who has um, a foundation and she's always, um, you know, sponsoring um trophies for the for the students and and that's we've kind of built a relationship that's honest and genuine and um, I think that's one of the important things that you need to think about when you're starting a business is not what you can get from somebody but um, what you can offer them and then but in return it does need to have a win-win situation as well um, I mean, so it, it happens. All... It happens naturally, right? If the relationship is honest, the, exactly, the back yeah. and forth, you know, of favors and rewards, it, it happens naturally. It's just the teaming up of two people with a vision. That's the outcome. Exactly. Yeah. And having that same kind of mindset on, you know, you're you said you kind of have to team up with someone with the same values as yourself yeah how did this cool idea came about uh i've always wanted to i think from a young age i've always enjoyed um gathering people and creating a show or um or having um helping people out with their singing and i think it just kind of came about um, organically that way but there was a time where a friend of mine um, she started going to singing lessons and I and she said oh you know come with me to a singing lesson and and see if you want to join and I ended up joining the school and it was a performing arts school and eventually because I was doing the talent quest through them and I was winning the talent quests and and you know, being a good a good student, the principal said, oh, would you like to teach for us? So that's how it came about. And then from there, um, I started having my own uh, students in the performing arts school. And then I thought I'd better go and um, learn, actually learn from an institute. So I went to the Australian Institute of Music and studied contemporary singing and I was doing that as well as teaching at the school. And, um, yeah, and eventually um, I got to know the lecturers from from the Institute of Music and they were giving me uh, um, auditions and wow. encouraging me to audition for things. And, yeah. So the school so, was never part of the plan like 10 years ago. It's something that happened 
organically with time and the opportunities that are put in your way? Yeah, well, um, people were calling me up and saying, oh, do you do you teach from home? And I was like, no, I teach at this performing arts school. And eventually um, I thought mm, maybe it might be a good idea to teach from home. Then I could work, you know, organise my own hours and work around my own hours. I love working for the performing arts school because everything was provided for me and I didn't have to worry too much about marketing and everything. But um, once I started the school here, um, yeah, it was more, it was was exciting because there were a lot of people who were interested, especially in the Filipino community, who wanted singing lessons and they specifically wanted a Filipino slash Australian singing <laughs> teacher. So, <Interesting. laughs> yeah. And, you know, we've got quite a lot of talented Filipinos singers here. Interesting. Um, I've been dying yeah. to ask you this. Y- you mentioned maybe 10 or 15 minutes ago and I, I, I wrote it down. I'm dying to ask you this. When you went to your first talent quest, and you were so nervous that you didn't move your arms, but your voice was fine, but you're just so nervous. Mm-hmm. At that point, did you think about giving up just because you're so nervous? What went through your head once you got out of stage? Ah, uh, no way. <laughs> I was like, no, I can do better. <laughs> I knew I could do better. And that was my, that was my thing. Like I, I, every time I perform on stage, when I first started, it was like a challenge. It was like, okay, I'm going to try this this time. And I remember I did, um, yeah, this talent quest where it was a knockout talent quest where you would sing against the person who won the talent quest the week before. Mm. So it was a really, really good opportunity for me to learn about how to speak to people and interact with the audience. And that's something that was my downfall. And I was always scared of that. And, um, what happened was once you get into that knockout round, you just keep, um, competing against the person who wins the talent quest until the very end. So I was in that for 13 weeks and I got knocked out by, um, a comedian, a pup, a, a guy who was a ventriloquist <laughs> wow. and, um, yeah. And he, and it was, it was the very last, uh, knockout round. No. So from there, it's like, I was like so happy because every, every week I would win, I would get a, um, appearance money anyway, but then I would take that appearance money and buy more charts and learn more songs. So every week I would think, okay, I'm going to try to learn this song because I really love this song. And then um, it would kind of paid for itself, all that learning, which is, which is awesome. I, really, I look back and I think, yeah, that was fun. That was a really good experience. And I went up against a lot of um, performers who, are, you know, are, are, have some big names already here in Australia. So... It was a really big learning curve for me. That's inspiring to know that you used the challenge as a growth opportunity. You didn't shy away from whatever was in front of you. You 
use that it's like okay next time i want to do this and i want to do better here and i want to do better there and you didn't just froze yeah so i did freeze every every now and then <laughs> but but again um it was like it was a fun process for me and it wasn't and i think what i loved about it was that nobody was telling me what to do it was some some of my singing teachers would guide me uh and they were fantastic in guiding me um but it was all up to me and it wasn't my parents telling me what to do because my parents were very much um they're both accountants and uh, you know they're they're very strong-willed in terms of um what they were hoping for for mm -hmm. me in terms of my career but yeah it was like i'm in charge And that's, I think that was fun. And I love having my school because I'm in charge. That's, that's one of the things I get to, if, if the, mis if there's a mistake that happens in the school, it's my fault. <laughs> But if there's something huge and, and I feel, I really, something that's happened, um, that's amazing in the school, then it's like, wow. I, I did this or, you know, I got help and people helped create this so yeah and that's priceless yeah it's it's all been really good for my um self-esteem i think as a child just um being able to take reins i, I think business. making progress makes people feel good just the fact that oh, they're making yeah. progress especially towards their dreams and something they really want to accomplish just that sense of making progress and achieving milestones it feels really good absolutely and i think maybe not thinking about having to reach those milestones quickly i think um being patient enough to keep going and to keep moving and to keep reinventing and sometimes you have to pivot You know, I know there's plenty of auditions that I didn't make and I was devastated, but it all happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. So um, there's one particular time where I wanted to be in Miss Saigon. There's a, a musical called Miss Saigon. Have you ever, have you ever watched um, or heard of it? I don't think so. Yeah. So it's a, it was one of the musicals that, had a lot of Asian mm -hmm. characters in it. Um, and then one of the Broadway stars was one, uh, an idol of mine, which is uh, Leia Salonga. So she's the voice of Princess Jasmine and Princess, uh, Princess Jasmine and Mulan. She's the singing voice of those characters in the Disney movies. And um, I had always dreamed of being in Miss Saigon. So I was in the first production Uh, first auditions when it came out in Sydney and they gave me free singing lessons and free dance lessons um, because they knew that there were a lot of Filipino kids that had potential but they just weren't trained in it and uh, so the production company said okay we're going to give you dance lessons and singing lessons all for free and and For weeks we, you know, focused on that. It helped us for the auditions. But unfortunately I didn't make it to the auditions. 
I mean, uh, make it through to the final. I got up to the final and then um, they chose um, stronger dancers than me because I'm not much of a strong dancer compared to the others. So, um, yeah, one of the things was I think if I did, if I did make that um, production, I think I would have not created my school soon enough. You know, I, I would have not, I would have not aimed to, I think that, that experience where I felt like I didn't have as much a support or I could have had more support, I think that experience led me to think, okay, I've got to help kids that were in similar positions as myself. You know, there's a lot of uh, Filipino families here who are very focused on uh, either nursing or business, uh, business, or not not so much on the arts. Yeah. And um, I, I know if I think if I had found a mentor who could have helped me when I was that age and told me, okay, you need to do this dance lesson, you need to stick to dance, or you need to do this, um, I think it would have been a different story for me. I think I would have been more prepared. Uh, for those auditions but in the long run I think yeah if if I didn't have that experience I would have not been able to open up the school um, as quickly as I did and then just a few years ago three years ago we were given the opportunity my students and I to sing for Leia Salonga for her um, as her opening support act for her concert in wow. Sydney so everything happens for a reason and I got to meet her that and I got to have um, have something she had a burger at the <laughs> at the end of the concert and I and I went and um, to her hotel and met up with her and with a few other two friends and you know that experience would have not happened wow yeah so yeah, and all those things I look back and I think, yeah, it, it does. It Everything, sometimes you have to pivot, sometimes, but everything works out in the end, you know. And I, my very first album was a Leia Salonga album when I was seven years old. And um, there was a particular song called One Voice and, oh, Small Voice. And there was a song, yeah, it was called One Voice and that's, the reason why I called my singing school One Voice School of Singing, and I think it was subconsciously in the back of my mind all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's like so, a cycle. It's like a part of your life coming full cycle. It's the first song, and then you're meeting her. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. And ever since then, you know, I've had really wonderful opportunities, um, and I've been able to because of the relationships I've built with producers and people who know other artists, I've been able to work with celebrities that um, tour Australia and then give my kids opportunities to perform with them as well. So, yeah, it was it's just amazing how if you just work towards it, if you still have that vision but don't be so caught up with the final, you know, your final um, goal, 
but be prepared to kind of move around. <laughs> and uh, this is so interesting because you know, you know, you're following your passion and your calling in life when you see those challenges as opportunities. And you just keep going and you keep getting better and always improving and changing course, changing the course of the boat as you, mm. as you need. And you always look back and, and say, okay, you know, that sucked. I'm, I didn't get <laughs> in, but I'm glad that happened that specific yeah. way. because I'm here today. This is so beautiful. <laughs> it's so incredible. Yeah, it's, and, and, and the people that I used to look up to, um, and listen to the Filipino artists um, that I be, was looking up to growing up, I have, I look back and I think, wow, like I'm actually working with them, you know, like I'm doing their backing vocals and I'm, you know, having dinner with them. Um, wow. Some, some of them have been amazing mentors to me. Um, and yeah, just, I just look back and I think, wow, if you really stick at something <laughs> and you never lose sight, something's bound to work for you. You just, it's, it's got to happen. Wow. But you've got to, yeah. Tina, so. I, I really love your story. It's, it's so incredible, this whole thing, because it's not a year or two. You've been doing this for 18 years and so many things happen and your story is like proof that there is something higher than our than ourselves operating and absolutely it, it it's it's there for a reason and it puts you on the right path it corrects your path and it puts obstacles in your path so you get better and it puts opportunities in your path because you got better and you passed those obstacles this your story is so incredible i love it I love it. Oh, thank you, Lucas. <laughs> it's it's um I, I'm looking forward to the to the ten more years and see what happens in ten more years or twenty years. True. It's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be exciting to see and look back on it and think, Oh wow, this is what we've created, you know. Speaking yeah. of looking back, I'd like to ask you one last question. Yeah. What was holding you back from making it happen? Oh, this is a really good question because um, I see this in a lot of my students who feel held back um, and it's what I experienced, um, you know, starting with singing when I was starting out. Um comparison like just comparing myself to others and thinking that's what I have to be you know um, and I think working with mentors um, has helped me to realize that and also to find my own voice and my own uniqueness my uniqueness my um, my strengths and my weaknesses, yeah, and embracing it all. I think that's um, that's something that kind of held me back when, when I was starting out. I would compare myself to other singers uh, and I would compare myself to other 
uh, studio owners to the point where sometimes I would copy their, their, um, you know, stuff that's on their website. And I was, yeah. And, and, you know, that really kind of held me back. Um, but just finding your own voice. I think that's, that's the main focus, finding your way of communicating and embracing who you are. I think that's, that's been looking back. I think that's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Discovering myself. Tina, thank you for being here today. Thank you, Lucas. It's been wonderful. There you have it, guys. When you have a dream and you're faced with uncomfortable moments, you can choose to use those moments to help you grow and move towards your life goals. Thank you for sharing your story, Tina. She was super kind to share a resource that has helped her to grow her business exponentially. It's an online course by her mentor, Selena Sue, where you can learn how to get media appearances such as TV shows and podcasts and how to position yourself as an expert in your field. The link is in the show notes. If you're interested, go check it out. And if you're enjoying the podcast, a review on iTunes would mean the world to me. Thank you. See you next Saturday. Cheers.